Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I thought of something that I wanted to ask you, because yesterday I, I sent you a text, Happy Mother's Day, at you wrote me a text back, oh, that whatever. And then you had a purple heart. I don't know the difference on the emojis. I just. I don't either. Okay. <laughs> but I see the purple, and then sometimes people said blue. And I just said the heart, the blood red heart to everybody. Right. Everything. And yes. It doesn't mean I, I want to. I'm in love with them. I want to. It doesn't mean I want to fuck you, but. Yeah. Let's talk about how we met and how we came to come up with Divorce Party, our podcast. We met. We met. We met. The, 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 for single people, single parents, the best way to meet somebody is at school. Yes. Because you go, oh, I can see what kind of parent they are, and they're, and, and maybe we'll have a play date. What if we hook up and have a play yeah. date? No. I mean, that's right. how I haven't had a date in six years. That's how it would have to be. But um, I knew you, and I and really liked Dylan. And uh, we were talking in the parking lot one day about our situations. And at the time, yeah. you were uh, in the middle of it. And, uh, uh, um, you know, you, you you got divorced from a high-profile person. And, and I, I yeah. was sharing my – which is still going on after all these years. <laughs> I love that I'm finally out of it and you're still in it. And let's just clarify that we're both poor, Very poor. and we're poor because you never had a prenup and I'm poor because I signed a prenup. Well, yes, that those are two big reasons. Uh, but also the amount yeah. of time I've had to go to court for six years. That, oh. I could have made it with a... With a you could have gone to law school. Now, but it's the constant court, 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 court. And uh, uh, I, I do have to tell you one thing I thought of. Every time <laughs> I go to court, they give you a thing. And a lot of it, what she writes is how bad the children are doing, how bad they are. Yeah. And they give you things to fill out. The, the doctor, zero is terrible. Five is great. And so they ask each question. Do they follow instructions? Are they good mood? Do they do this? And I write all fives because I know she's writing zero. Yeah. And then they have to <laughs> add them up. And uh, <laughs> last uh, last November, my lawyer's like, you know, uh, I, I don't know Jax, but I'm assuming he's not all fives on every. That doesn't say I've never met. A- he's like, Tom, can you throw a four yeah. in there for me? I go, well, I got to cover. I got to make it, you know, do that. So we met, we yeah. talked, we talked. And uh, actually, I heard, now this might be true. 
that you said something nice about me on the Jeff Lewis show. I did. I said I had a comedy crush on you. And I really do. I mean, I've always, I grew up watching Roseanne. Yeah. And uh, and it's funny because your relationship on that show with Sandra Bernhardt is one of my favorite all-time TV. How you guys would be like, you know, you're a slut yeah, or yeah, you're yeah, this yeah, or that. Right. Yeah. And then you just start making out. That was my favorite. I don't know. To me, that was like the perfect relationship. Um, and I love that. And then, yeah, when Jeff said he was going to have you on, I was like, well, you got to connect to yeah. me. And he's like, wait a minute. You guys are going through the same yeah. hell. You yeah. need to have lunch. Yeah. And so we finally, you know, went, and then Leah Black connected. Leah Black, so many people wanted us. But gave me high yeah. praise. That meant a lot. Because I'm always trying to figure out, who oh. is it that, a, you know, and she gave you high praise. So we had lunch and we, we shared about yeah. situations, which at that time, yours was not pleasant. Oh, and for me, it was my, you know, my first time. You've had four divorces. No. You're very well versed in the world of divorce. Right. But not with the world of divorce with children, because the world of divorce right. generally is pretty cut and dried. You know, we live in a community okay. property state. They get half unless you have a prenup, which I never have. And you move on. You move <laughs> on. You give them more than half. You make sure they're. Right. Uh, you want the best for them and uh, yeah. you don't go back with them basically. So, uh, but sure. with kids, it's a, it's a more of a thing. And when you told me, I, I said, well, who is your ex-husband? We, and I looked him up <clears throat> after our lunch and he had like a shirt off posing at a, he's a big <laughs> actor. And I'm like, okay, I can't, I can't compete with that guy. Many moons ago. I go, uh, is there any chance he's gay? And you're like, no. I go, okay. I'm just, you know, I'm trying to get my double checking. I I have to say yes. I'm vain. I appreciate a, a hot man, and um, and I married one. Yeah. Um, but it's funny. We were talking about the other day when we did Jeff's show together about how, you know, and I love what you said. How you know you do sort of seek out the person that you're supposed to have your kids with, whether it works out or not. And I really do believe that. I believe we picked that person to fulfill whatever soul contract or whatever these kids are coming in for. They chose us to be their parents and we yeah. facilitated that. Yeah, well, that's that, as I, I said, I don't know if I said the whole story, but my daughter, uh, who's seven, has never seen her mother and I hug. Like it's been it's mm -hmm. since before she was born, it's been separate sides of the house and everything. And one day yeah. she said, Daddy, when she was like, 18 months old, daddy, uh, uh, how did I get here? Like, uh, you mm -hmm. know, cause there's Kings and Queens with Disney. There's princesses and princess. And so I took a weekend, I made some animation and, and showed, uh, me up in the sky and her up in the sky, let me, me living over here, wherever I lived and her mom living in another state. And we have one thing in common and that was getting you to come down and join us. And that's the best that's, that may be the only thing we had in common, but that's a great thing to have in common. And, and I love that you put it that way so simply. You know, you had to condense it in a way that she could understand at that age, you know. And, you know, I left my marriage when my daughter was 15 months old. And so same thing. She does not remember us ever living together. As far as she knows, mommy and daddy have just always been great friends mm -hmm. because I also did my best at hiding, you know, I mean, I'm sure they, you know, they pick up on our energy, but definitely when I was going through the thick of it, that first six months, I mean, I would go cry and scream in a pillow in my closet. I would do whatever it 
took just to kind of be just mom, cool, cool together mom in front of her so that she didn't really know or see what I was going through at the time. That's a good mom. That's a good parent. You know, uh, crying in front of your kids. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, uh, bringing that stuff into the, it's weird. I had a, it is weird because growing up, my my mom and my stepdad fought like cats and dogs, and it was usually after four or five martinis and a few secret bumps of coke that I didn't know about back then. And they, you know, just get really ugly, or you know, and my mom would always be crying and come to me like I was her therapist, or you know, just so inappropriate, yeah. no boundaries. Emotional incest is what's called. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. You are my. We're peers. Like that, that kid doesn't want peers. No. Yeah. yeah. I've spent so much time and, and money on therapy to, to work through that, to not do that to my own child. Um, but what I loved is, yeah, our lunch, you know, you were so awesome because I, first of all, I was the first of my friends to get a divorce. So I was going through it totally alone. Uh, you know, no girlfriends could relate and, and people like we've talked about, you know, we sort of feel like we have the stink of divorce on us, yeah. our friends or our married friends don't, you know, and so to not only have lunch with you, you were so giving of your time, you know, I think we were there for like two mm-hmm. hours, um, but to hear a male perspective, a dad's perspective and, you know, and someone who was on the other side, you know, you're a sober dad. Mm-hmm. And so you just really helped me answer so many questions and even legal questions because I was so afraid to call my lawyers at any time in that point, because it's like $750 an hour. Every time you pick up the phone or every time you send an email, it's like, it just, your money is just going down the toilet. It is. Uh, uh, But you know, you, when there are certain things that you got to, you know, in my case, I, I wanted to be a father. That's why I had children. I wanted to be a father. And when the divorce started, even my own lawyers, like, what? I go, I want 50-50 custody plus extra dad-daughter days, dad-son days. That's what I want. And uh, he's like, no, you don't. He goes, well, no, wait till they're like seven and they're fun. And then then you could get, I go, no, no, I don't know where I'll be when they're seven. I was 57 right? when I had my daughter. I said, uh, no, I'm, this is what I want. And this is this is totally acceptable and totally appropriate that I get this. And it's not just to do a power move. It's like to parent these kids. This is what my yes. life has come down to this point. And so, you know, that's been oh, the, the, the back and forth. And, and uh, I will say this, that things are better, number one, than when we were living together, but also because we keep going into court and say, okay, how about if we don't have to see each other, pick up your school, this is that, uh, you know, there's less engagement, less potential. Because anytime there's potential for, you know, uh, trouble or chaos, whatever, uh, you know, yes. that, that to, from my experience, that has happened a lot. And it's in front of me. And yeah. I will say this about my dad. I was raised by a single dad, really nice guy. My mom was married seven times. She was an alcoholic, drug addict, out and about. Made my sister get married when she was 14 to a 22-year-old pedophile. That's why the the Queen of Meth, that that series about my sister, the the, the, documentary, it goes into our childhood. But my dad, my mom would come over wasted and just, you know, fall into the Christmas tree, do whatever. And my dad would laugh like he like he thought, I'm going to take the high road and like be cool. And I knew that she was inappropriate, even at four. Like, that's not a mom. And uh, she would always say, 
I'm not maternal. I'm never going to tell you I love you, but I'll tap you on the knee once in a while like this. So, but my little <laughs> sister, who's a year and a half younger, worshipped her. So she's my dad laughing at everything she does. And later, when my sister was 13, she's like, I want to go live with my hero, my mom. And and immediately mm-hmm. it went, you know, I went there to live with my mom when I was 14 because I wanted to do drugs and drink and grow my hair. I knew right. there were no rules. She went there to be, you know, get, get her best friend, her drinking buddy, you know, our mom. And was she not, did she not really get, oh, it, they were drinking Oh, buddies. yeah, they would go out. And, and I okay. think they became competitive a little bit. Okay. But, I bet. But, but I what I do with my kids, I don't want to. You know, kids don't want to hear about their other parent doing something, but when no. something incredibly inappropriate happens in front of the kids, uh, and there's been a bunch, I will take mm-hmm. a moment and go, okay, I just want to say, what just happened was not okay. I don't treat people like that. I don't let you, people treat you like that, and it's not mm-hmm. okay. And then we move on. But that, the first Great. time I did that after something uh, insane, uh, it was... You know, I felt like my son was older and he's like, didn't want to. I go, just give me a second. I just want to say this. Then we're going to move on. And it's been very, I think it's been good for the kids. Yeah. I mean, communication, which was really hard for me to do as a grown up before having kids, you know, like talking about hard things Mm -hmm. or saying how I felt. I feel like, yeah, kids is a great practice in almost like dumbing down and speaking out loud what's going on and talking about it and, and moving on. Oh yeah. Especially if something is not okay. It's a, it's, you know, yeah. my parenting, you know, I read, I would never in the perfect world, I would never have to see or speak of or hear about, you know, sure. um, but when something happens, that's so overt, whether it's the cops or whatever that the kids are witness yeah. to, I'll say, you know, that just wasn't, appropriate so they know well that's why dad doesn't do that <laughs> yeah dad would like to, totally. but he doesn't yeah. and so they realize but, oh, that's a, that their reality is is more real well, yeah. okay well, i could tell them the way people behave this or that i mean kids are gonna love yeah. their parents they're gonna it's in their dna you know and you know this the moment my son sure. was born i was like and i up till then and i told you this people get married they say i will love you unconditionally in their vows well that's bullshit because there are conditions, as there should be some. But but the moment my son was born, I'm like, oh shit, it's on. This kid loves me yeah. unconditionally. I love him unconditionally. I can never complain about not being unconditionally loved because it's on and I got to mm-hmm. step up. And then my daughter, when she was born, when she was uh, 18 months old, I got out to host one of these music cares concerts that benefit uh, people in the music industry with substance abuse. And I came home, the kids were upstairs asleep. And I went into my office, which I like to do. I said goodbye to the babysitter, went to my office, and then um, I'm on my computer. And sometimes I would sit there for hours. I'd lose track of time. I'd sit there. All of a sudden, I'm looking up the sports stuff, looking up this, that. And I look, and she's standing right there. She made it all the way downstairs. I go, she goes, Daddy, come to bed. And I said, honey, I, I want you to go back to bed, and then Daddy will be up there in five minutes. And then I and then yeah. she just stayed there, and she said no. And I, I said, "Oh my God, this young lady knows everything about me. There's nothing, yeah. there's no reason to ever try to bullshit oh. her. She knows everything about. She probably knows more about me than I do. And then from that moment mm-hmm. on, I, I I'm like, okay, I get it. She knows I'll sit down here. I don't know how 
but she knows that she was bored yeah. with it. Yeah. So, and I'm sure you feel oh that gosh. about Dylan. Like these kids come yeah. fully formed. Like it's our job oh, yeah. to figure out how to facilitate their dreams, protect them, mm-hmm. but facilitate yeah. their dreams and who they are. Because my son is not me. I like to project. Well, that reminds me of something I. Every time I say that reminds me of something I did as a kid. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure that he was he was up to no good. I, I, it's been <laughs> proven that I was wrong. Not that he's never. Up to now, but he comes right. up with some crazy stuff around here. But sure. when I say, oh, he's exactly like me, he's not exactly like me. And uh, and mm-hmm. I'm not even sure how I was as a kid. So it's wonderful. We love it. Yeah. We love it. Now, I know you've been through this. You're you're our in-house expert. You've been divorced four times. I have um, and obviously, it's, it's harder when you have kids. But like, oh, my God, this like, I'll never forget go like having to, you know, look for a place to live. I mean, go buy new silverware. I think I had like a breakdown in Ikea, like over forks. Like, I don't know. I can't believe I'm, you know, it's like, I can't believe I'm having to buy forks, you know, and just start your life over. I mean, did you have like with kids, you know, did you, did you go, all right, fine. This isn't working. I got to go. Did you go find a new place right away? Did you get to stay in your house or did you have to, did you have to start over kind of like how I did just from the ground up? Well, she moved out first, uh, and, and okay. uh, then uh, a year and a half later, we I had to sell the house for financial reasons and give her, you know, half of the the money. So the one of the hardest things was people would come and look at the house while we were still there, and we had a beautiful house mm-hmm. in Beverly Hills, and uh, you know, a bunch of stuff, and and so we have to clean up and hide out, and, and that's a weird feeling, <laughs> you know. Um, but the kid, the truth is, and I, I realized this early on. The kids and I lived in the master suite area. That's we, you know, we go to the pool, we run down, we do everything in that area. And I had fantastic two double bathrooms, you know, and a, and a gym back there. But that was about a space we really used. And so we had to start downsizing. Like I, I signed escrow with the house and then we had to be out like in five days because that's the only. Wow. We were, yeah. we're like, we will buy it right now, but this is the deal. So. But get the fuck yeah. out. <laughs> we went. We went. And stayed at our uh, my real estate agent's guest house. She was so nice to do that for ten days, and I had to find another place. And so, you know, I was scrambling. I was looking. I never got an Airbnb. I didn't know how that worked. I never, uh, you know, I had rented since I was moved here in 1988. So, so uh, you know, we're scrambling around, and it's very stressful. Then I had a on on February eighth, uh, 2020. I had just put the kids in their mom's car and it was a little, it was very stressful. And I felt mm-hmm. I was having some breathing issues and I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make myself go to sleep. I'm sure, you know, you do your breathing exercise. I got to, you know, and I hadn't been feeling great. And then about, mm-hmm. you know, nine o'clock at night, I'm like, I should not go to sleep. I should drive down to UCLA. Something's up. And then uh, by the time I got organized, I was like, oh no, I should call an ambulance. So uh, I called an ambulance. Wow. So by the time they got there, I couldn't tell them what was wrong with me because I couldn't breathe, right? I had COVID, I had influenza B, and I had another virus. This is when COVID, before people... Right, we didn't know. We were joking about it, yeah. So I end up uh, in the hospital, you know, on on life support, you know, and I I remember uh, coming to and saying, I got to, where are my kids? Okay, Uh, my my brother was there. It's like, oh, I I talked to them and and everybody is fine. I go, I got to get out of here. I got to go get them. And 
the doctor type said, no, you're not going to get out here for a long time. Your heart was pumping 5%. You're on an ECMO machine, heart lung. You're on the kidney machine. You're on all these different things. And I, even one thing was sewed into my crotch area. Like they had to, <laughs> and I said, and then my friends, you know, I have the heart camp, Camp Del Corazon, the, the biggest heart camp in America for kids with heart defects and heart disease. So I know a lot of doctors selfishly. So those guys, my yeah. buddy started coming in. And I said, that guy says, I, I, I can't, he goes, no, we'll get you out of here. But there, you have to hit certain numbers on certain machines to get, and I just focused, I manifested like uh, Oprah and say, what, what is the number that has to hit? So they get that machine off me and that. And uh, within uh, 16, 15 days, I, I was up wow. and, and out of there and uh, getting the kids. And while I was in the hospital, at first, you're pretty groggy. I had to get a, a, a place to live. Like I've tried to figure out how to use my phone, you know, your heads. Like, right. honestly, and did you have Sasha at that point or were oh, you doing this all by Sasha yourself? I got started. And so I was uh, free balling it, as I like to say. And, <laughs> but I got us a place there close to uh, UCLA, a condo for temporary, you know, and then um, yeah. got over there, you know, uh, started my stuff with the nurse. So we were all back together. And then Sasha started like right after that because I needed somebody. And Sasha was like, Hey, I'll, I'll do all the crap jobs. I'll go to Target. I'll do whatever. Oh, I'm also a comedian. So I like to be or an actor and a comedian. So but it, yeah. it worked out great. And then I had to find a home to sign a lease on, you know, like a year. And, you know, sure. I was worried. I had some issues with the bank, with the credit card. Like it was a long, got this place. It's been, it was great for a year. We had such a great time there. And then I had to downsize to this place. Like it's been a, series of of downsizing which uh, mm-hmm. i guess is a little humbling but not really because the kids you know you know it's uh i just am grateful to be able to pay the rent and to take yeah and so but i did the forks thing that you were talking about Our, my forks started <laughs> disappearing and what i found out is quid was when she would clean her plate off into the trash she uh-huh. put her fork in there too so i did i did uh-huh. learn how to buy forks you get forks cheap like bunch of forks and then teaspoons and this and that everything oh my god that's you know, so cute. i used to have things so organized my stuff with like that is organized i mean your house is very organized and i help organize people's homes as a side gig i have to give it to you your house is very clean very organized i'm impressed i have a hard time throwing stuff away kid stuff because one thing is if they're into a certain toy for a period of time you know you buy those and then they'll send they're oh. on to the next thing like my son used to collect pine cones, <laughs> which is great. <laughs> we go looking for pine cones out at uh, out of Beverly Hills off of uh, Benedict County there and dig them up, put them in big crates, which he was also into crates, and then bring them home, size them out, and then he would paint them to sell them was the idea. And then he was you know, Pokemon cards, that he was this, so he was that, action figures, this, else. Yeah. So I, I, I boxed those up when he says he's done with them thing that I put it in bins and I got him a shed, which I highly recommend for parents. Yes. I, I put them in there. And what's fun in both about both of them, I really have a hard time getting rid of quid stuff. If she says Well I think because it all equates to money. All of these plastic toys. It all equates oh I remember Yeah. Nostalgia. And you know, you don't and you know you know and, and what I like is sometimes they'll find stuff and go and start playing with it again. And I think that kids, mm-hmm. you know, I got to be aware, even though they're 10 and 7, they're still babies. They're still, you know, yes. and once in a while, Quid will say, Daddy, would you give me some milk in my baby bottle? 
And I say, yeah, I will. I kept one of my mm-hmm. baby bottles in the cabinet because that's what she wants sometimes. And sometimes my yeah. son wants to, to, uh, to me to, for me to acknowledge that he is also, you know, a, a, a little kid. And like a baby. You do those things. And, all, you know, we do a lot of stuff because, you know, kids' memories. I, I always wonder, what, how, what are they going to remember about this life? What are they, you know? And, of course, I've documented everything from the moment they were born till, you know. Yeah. And it's fun. And I, I, I think I did that for me. But it's fun. They'll take my iPad and just go through a year. Yeah, they'll go down memory lane. They'll go, hey, remember when that happened? Oh, my gosh, we did this. Yeah. And so I appreciate that as an older person because my memory, but also that they're, it refreshes their, they're like, oh, yeah, I do remember that. Or maybe they don't, mm-hmm. but it's like, you know, you're trying to build. And I think when you're an older dad, every day is important. You know, you're trying, yeah. every day that you do stuff with your kids that's positive is money in the bank for them. And and you don't know, sure. there's no guarantee that we're going to be alive forever. So uh, for the moment they were born, I, I, I was aware of that. I said, I got to do it. I'm going to do everything, everything I can mm-hmm. or, you know. And so, um, you know, you, you and people say, boy, it goes by in a flash. Well, sometimes it doesn't, especially at first when they're little, little babies. You got to keep yeah. it and they got to be fed and you, you aren't sleeping. But it, oh yeah, the days were so long in the beginning. I was just a zombie. I remember staring at the clock, like, "What is that?" Yes, I know. But now I feel like it's going so fast. Yeah, but it, you know, it it it's the it's the best, and uh, whatever you do, you know, it pays off in the end because they they know okay, and, and eventually, I don't know if you're dating, but eventually, dad might have a date. I mean, there, my daughter, yeah, not happy. I, I kissed a woman on the, the episode of True Lies I, I did. Oh. She was not happy. But I think eventually you show them, number one, you show them that your friends and the people around you uh, love you and are good people. That's a family, you know, like that's how yes. you deserve to be treated. Because e- even in the best divorces, there's people are shitty to each other. They say horrible yeah. stuff sometimes. Uh, but to show the kids, mm-hmm. oh, this is how daddy uh, deserves to be treated. And, and I know you do the same thing. You have many friends. You have more friends than, yeah. than me. And I think it's a good thing. And uh, have you dated? Are you dating yeah. people? You know, I did. I I dated. I did the apps. I, you know, um, it was, you know, I think I wasn't ready. I waited six months. Um, and, you know, that first six months when I, you know, was going through my divorce, I went off social media. I was going to therapy. I, you know, I had a trainer, I was doing Reiki, I was doing, you know, kind of anything and everything I could to kind of like work through that time. Um, But I really, ultimately for me, it's been about my daughter and just wanting to be the mom for her that I didn't have because my mom uh, left my dad, shockingly, very similar, you know, like when I was one, I'm totally repeating history. Although my therapist says, Monica, congratulations, you've outdone your mother by all the crazy shit that I've gone through. Yeah. So I, I multiplied my childhood by 10. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I feel like I really have been trying to heal that relationship that I didn't have with my mom. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. And so I remember my nanny asking me one night, late night, I came home. I think I came home from my divorce party, which I'll tell you about. But, but the funny thing she said was, um, you know, do you think you're going to be like hooking up with a ton of guys and dating a lot right now? And I was like, whoa, like I haven't even thought about it. I mean, obviously I went to Arizona State, so I had my slutty college years. You know, I feel like I got a lot of that out of my system, but I know a lot of my friends who didn't kind of have those slutty college years, the minute it, they're separated. I mean, and, you know, let them have it, but they're punching that card, you know, with hooking up left and right. And I really was like, oh no, my divorce is not about that. You know, we never stopped loving each other, but you know, we had a lot of other issues and I just wanted to be a good mom to my daughter. Are you, are your friends still hooking up crazy? Give me their numbers. That seems like I will because I'm, I'm you cut through the stuff. You know, again, yeah. you're like, oh, here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to hook up. I go, oh, my God, you read my mind. Can we do it? Yeah. Like, I'm definitely for you. I'm searching for girlfriend material, but I'm also searching for, like, a friend with benefits. So just know you're at the top of my list. Um, I'm going to be sending those your way. Um, but, yeah, but so when I did sign my divorce papers, I know you said you didn't have a divorce party, but I'm totally going to plan you one eventually, whether you like it or not. Your, your divorce party. We're going we're gonna to work on it together so you get what you want. Right. But, um, but yeah, I, I needed some sort of closure and for, and part of the reason we started this podcast is we're like divorce parties are like a rite of passage for, you know, everyone going through it. It's a great way to move on and have fun and connect with friends and especially friends you may have lost touch with during the whole process of divorce. Um, so for me, the week I signed my divorce papers, I had called up my friends. I had like 30 or 40 people come out to Tiki No on Lancashire in North Hollywood on karaoke night. And all I asked was that everyone show up and sing their favorite breakup songs. And my friend Bob came, oh, I love Bob. And he was a guy I met in acting class. And he was like, I want to, you know, he did this whole sort of monologue to get the night started. And he's like, I'd like to open the night with Monica and I singing Total Eclipse of the Heart. And so we went up, we did this duet. There were food trucks. I mean, I drank too many, uh, what are those, pina coladas. I made out with a stranger. I threw up out of my Uber a few times. I'm sure. <laughs> so it was, it was a good night. And I'm so glad I did it. And since then, you know, so many of my friends have asked me to help plan their divorce parties. Mm -hmm. Well, I think you, uh, did you hook up with Bob? You know what? I could have hooked up with you. Oh, no, I have, I were you sober then? Were you still... I should go. I don't know. I should go around to these divorce parties. And say I'm going to show up and just whatever. Yes. You don't have to, but I'm up for you know. Tom Arnold crashing divorce parties and making out with several new well, hot ladies. Great. I think it's great that you did that, so that you you say it's time to move on. You're time to, you know, my first three divorces, 
I think that my ex-wives moved on before we were divorced, which is great. They had kids <laughs> like babies nice. right away. And I, you're, you're um, happy about that. And I'm happy. About right. That. Yeah, and, of course. Uh, my first divorce with Roseanne, <clears throat> I, you know, I, I think we both did our best. And we had a, uh, right. we were married for. But ultimately, you were looking for like an answer to end it. I feel like you yeah. said, and you and, started, and didn't something somebody called? You? Well, we started. I'll tell you the story. We started as friends, yeah. very good friends, and that was you know when she was going through a divorce, perhaps. And I, I actually moved out here in 1988 with my fiance to ride on the road, which is crazy. Um, but you know, in, in 1989, we're we're working on the show, and she says, "Hey, nobody likes either one of us. We should get married." I, I said. <laughs> but you know we did you know, there were so many great that's the best reason but yeah and there were so many great things about that and then and then there wasn't and it got too much not just public mm -hmm. stuff because everything was public but right but you also worked yeah. together too right i mean yeah we worked together that's we crazy together. uh and i think that she tried her best too and it was just that weird thing where nobody has the courage to be the person that pulls the trigger they're like i want you to Right. So I'll, you know, I don't want to be that guy. Right. And nobody, we don't like hurting people's feelings that we love or did love at some time. Well, I mean, like, you want them to have, here, I'll give you the honor of doing it. My last divorce, I was like, oh, no, she's she's just going to hate me and not file for divorce. I'm filing for divorce. Like, that, you know. Okay. But, uh, yeah. So uh, we broke up very public, very awful. And then we reconciled for a little bit. And I just know me. I know, but you know, I it's my first marriage. I'll I'll do whatever it takes. We go back. Mm -hmm. I but during the part we broke up the month, just so many ugly things were said and uh, done that I'm like, I got to be aware of that. It's hard to come back from that. You know, yeah. I mean, she apologized. She apologized publicly, but but um, uh, we were supposed to go to Sardinia for the summer of 1994. The whole summer, a beautiful place overlooking the the ocean there, and. Uh, uh, she went first. I was filming my CBS show, I think. And I got a call from a guy from the National Choir. He said, hey, you know, uh, Roseanne is walking around S Sardinia holding hands with Ben. Ben was her bodyguard limo driver who I'd hired. He was a nice guy. He worked at a donut shop. So cliche. Yeah. But I hired him and I sent him to Mossad bodyguard. So like he's about, he's a big dude. Anyway, you have much. Yeah. And so I sent it to Mossad bodyguard school. So he's got some. Anyway, so when I hear they're walking around uh, uh, holding hands and stuff, I said, I got to see that. And I called my brother, Chris. I go, we're going to Sardinia. I just have to see it and then I'll be cool. I just I mm -hmm. to know that she definitely with someone. And that way I won't yeah. go, oh, let's get back to, you know, I just know me. I'm not. So we fly over there. We stop in Rome. We get a bodyguard, a, a, a off-duty captain in the Rome Police Department with a gun because Sardinia, at the time anyway, was like the Wild West over there. Um, wow. We land in Sardinia. Our plan, my brother and I, is to go to our hotel, relax for a day or two, and then try to figure out where she where she is. And as soon as we land and start pulling away through the airport, three cars surround my car and guys with Uzi. This is a movie, Tom. Crazy. And they say, nice <laughs> to see you now. I'm like, okay, well, I guess we're going to go see her now. So we drive up. <laughs> Roseanne, the godmother. Yeah. So we drive up to, exactly. We drive up this thing. And uh, uh, yeah, and I have to tell you, the, a guy from the choir took pictures of this whole thing. So you can see him. 
and we're up on the bluff. And I say to her, because we got to put a, a pit in this. I say, are you and Ben fucking? And uh, he looks yeah. down and goes, no. But I knew they were right there. So I'm like, oh, that's a relief. And then I start walking and there's big bed there. And I'm like, I got to pretend like I go, first of all, the guy did fuck my wife. So I got to make a move on this fucking big dude. I don't know how this is going to go. But I, you know, I did that thing to guys who like, you fucking, and he, and he was visibly scared of just me. So we get out of there and uh, go back to go to her hotel. And I'm like, wow, you know, she's going to be fine. She's got somebody all is well. And uh, my bodyguard, the Roman cop goes, you know, in our culture, uh, women do not treat men like that. We, I'm just saying, I go, I, no, 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 I, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. And he goes, what about him? What are you offering? What do you mean? He goes, well, for $50,000, when, when they landed Rome on the way back to America, uh, we will plant drugs on him and he'll be prison <laughs> in Italy the rest of his life. And I said, well, no, no, because then if he's in prison, then I'll go back with him. If yeah. he's in prison in yeah. Italy, and my brother. <laughs> then I'll go back with her. And so my brother pulls out, uh, and somebody goes, what would you do for Ted Grant? And, uh, and so when they landed, again, there's pictures, uh, they landed in Rome on the way back to America. Eight cops mm-hmm. just swarmed him, tackled him, took her to the ground. They gave him a full body cavity search. I said, don't touch her. Don't touch her. But they, and they did it. They tackled him. They made him miss their flight. And they were in an argument wow. because of it. They they took all their stuff, and uh, I got the oh picture. So I was like, "Oh, that's satisfying. That's that's a that is satisfying. That's, that's satisfying yeah. to me too. I like that's that. a reasonable, reasonable mm-hmm. thing. And you know, they got the pictures, and it's crazy. Yeah, I go, you, you got a finger up the butt. That's it. That's enough. You know, and uh, mm-hmm. my the second, third ex wife. I'm so grateful that they're doing very. They're doing amazing. And again, yeah, that's three, what you said. All three of my wives uh who tried to have children with me doing IVF, mm-hmm. which is so so stressful and, and oh. worse for the woman even though it was my low sperm count that did it and uh you know and i tell people i didn't want to do ibf i knew in college i had a low sperm count because i tried to donate sperm for 35 dollars <laughs> a time 35 dollars i was like i could do this three times a day man this is the best because i've been doing yeah. blood and plasma and bone marrow because I worked at the hospital. Stop it. Yeah. Wait, I'm sorry. Isn't bone marrow super painful? It was back then. See that right now. <laughs> when I was laying there, first of all, I was showing off at the nurses. I worked at the hospital school, right? And there was okay. a board on the board. It would, when you came into work, it would say, we're looking for this. We're looking for this matches. And it's bone mm-hmm. marrow. And I think uh, bone, blood and plasma was $7. I, I'm old. That's what it does. So I do oh, an extra a lot of that, which is not good. But uh, yeah. bone marrow was like 50 bucks. I'm like... Oh, I'm in. And uh, yeah. so I was the only person that signed, signed up for it, right? I was the only person that signed up for it. And so I go in there, and the doctor lays me down on the thing. And the, the, the two nurses there are my buddies from, you know, and, uh, and, and one of them said, Tom, I can't believe you're doing this. You're a hero. I go, yeah. <laughs> well, I know. Thank you. They're really schmoozing me. And the doctor turns around. He's got a corkscrew uh, needle, like, you know, you, like we do on the farm. And he's like, listen. Right. Uh, and I realized that one of the nurses pulled the pants and so she gave my hip. He goes, listen, I could I could uh, give you a local uh, numb that on the skin, but mm-hmm. it's still going to hurt like a motherfucker. That's what the Iowa doctor said. And I thought, wow. I could run out of here right now. I'd never be able to go back to the, to the 
hospital school, you know, or I'm just right. gonna have to suck this up. And it was, you know, he screwed it into my hip and took it out of there. They have better oh ways of God. doing this now, but I remember thinking, and they they were like, "Yep, Mr. Hero." And uh, so, yeah, yeah, I did that. But I, that's wow. the doc said, "Hey." Uh, but from the sperm, he's like, but they're like, your sperm sucks. You don't have enough swimmers. I go, how many swimmers do I have? And he goes, you have three. I go, three seems like <laughs> enough. He goes, well, your buddy Clothier right. has three million. You'll never be able to get a woman pregnant the normal way, ever. And so uh, when, you're, when you're in college, you're like, well, that's not the worst news. And right. I, I do remember at bar time, going up to women and saying, I don't know if you heard, but I could never get a woman pregnant the normal way. I mean, <laughs> I might sweat on you and give you a staph infection, but that's about it. Oh, I have, that's a great line. I want to have children. And uh, I all I am so grateful for my ex-wives for trying to do the IVF. I wanted to adopt or get a sperm mm-hmm. donor. So you were down. That's so amazing that you were always down for all the alternatives because a lot oh. of men, you know, aren't comfortable or they're like, I don't care. I'm only going to do it, you know, the old fashioned way. That's cool that you were always up. Plus, you take a good look at my family. You're like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fight for this DNA of these, of my history. <laughs> but you know, I also believe that that child is up there, and what, however they get to you, they're your child. If it's adoption, yeah. If it's whatever it is, they're looking for you. So when it happens, yeah. it happens, and it, you know, yeah. I'd be up. And it seems like you, you've always wanted to be a dad. It kind of oh, seems yeah. like. And I, at least I said it, and it's a good thing I did it, but. With IVF, it's stressful. You know, the woman does all the hormones, and sometimes you're pregnant for a couple, three months or whatever. And it's right, so yeah, devastating. It's yeah, I do know a lot of friends that have done and, that. And, yeah, and you don't want to put your wife through that bullshit when you could go, you know, adopt a child here or get a sperm donor. I do. Rosanna and I did look at the sperm donor list, and she would go, "It's uh-huh. guys that'll come in and tells about them." And there's and right. like this guy their education yeah. and their their whole resume. Yeah, this guy went to Harvard. Look at this guy. That's who she wanted. Oh, shit. And I'm like, this guy is six foot eight. He weighs 270 pounds. That's who I want. He never even went to high school. Right. That's what the sperm I want. But you know, it did it. They tried it and uh it, it did it uh work out. And again, Shaquille O'Deal is my next door neighbor the whole time he played for the Lakers. And I would always Did you ask Shaq yeah, for some yeah, jizz? Shaq. Well, here's the thing, he made beautiful kids, Shaq. And he did. And yeah. in Iowa, if you want to borrow a cup of sugar from your neighbor, you just go over there and, and say, hey, may, maybe may I borrow a cup of sugar? They'll always say yes. So I had those little cups yeah. at the fertility clinic. I'm like, I got to sack up and go get a cup of shack, man. You know? Yeah. I thought I wouldn't have to be working. I wouldn't be doing the party. I love that. So, yeah. No, it's great. <laughs> it's great. And, again, my three ex-wives had babies with their next person the normal way. Like maybe, mm. maybe there's some overlap, but you know, you don't want to yeah. go at, at the end of a relationship and go, well, that person ruined their body for me. You don't want to be that guy. And uh, so I've always, I've relieved uh, that they're, they're all doing uh, so well. Yeah. And I love that you've talked to some of them like recently. It's, yeah. well, you're in a good place, Tom. You're in a good place. I think, you know, yeah, I saw my third ex-wife Shelby Quinn and I were having dad daughter night over at CPK. And I see a woman coming down the escalator that looks a little bit like my third ex-wife, but I've mistaken mm-hmm. people. And then she looked at me. She didn't know what to do either. Then she went like this. Did this, this, <laughs> this uh, perfunctory hunt. Aww. And then Quinn was not dating. But she's, we showed pictures of our kids. Her kids are great. 
It was a really nice, mm-hmm. she's a really good person. And, and, uh, and then my second ex-wife, who was very young, we got married, 21. You know, I was 35, too mm-hmm. young. She lived it with her mom, never been away from college. And, and uh, you know, I did that dumb guy thing where I'm like, oh, she's the opposite of my first wife. That's going to work. I'm going to project my dream right. her, you know. And uh, I hadn't seen her for a long time. And we, uh, Sasha and I were up here at Vibrato watching a friend's band play. And the waitress came up and goes, hey, I'm best friends with your ex-wife. Does that bother you? And I go, well, it depends. Which ex-wife? <laughs> and, and she said, Julie. And I said, oh, that's that's amazing. Uh, uh, how's she doing? Well, she lives in Texas, married to a stuntman, got, a, got kids, very happy. I go, that's fantastic. That's what I like to hear. She goes, would you like to talk to her? Maybe I'll call. I go, no, 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 no. I don't want to bother. It's two hours later there. (laughs) I don't want to bother. And then she says, would you like to see her Facebook page? And uh, I I go, okay. And I turn to Sasha. I go, this is, this could go, this could be very nasty. Because you have seen people, you're like, they, they tend to not look like they did. And me included. And so she pulls our Facebook page and she is like smoking hot beautiful it's just 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 amazing and so then we got on i got on the phone with her and had a a brief uh conversation and i just felt really good about um you know she's doing great and uh but i also my what i projected was you know i look at myself for 20 years ago or 30 years ago i'm like jesus but I since I'm famous, people have the advantage. They can see me age every day, and it's not like right the progression. Like, oh my God, what happened to that fucking guy? But you lost eighty pounds. I mean, after your stroke and all that stuff, you've done such a great job to take care of yourself. I mean, I for six, I didn't know you were sixty three. I wouldn't know just by looking at you. I think you look great. Sixty four. Sixty four. See, I'm already you know going down. (laughs) What's that? I don't. That's you know what the people are like. Are you worried about turning sixty five? I go. I can't wait to turn sixty five, because the day I turn sixty five, yeah. I get to stop paying alimony. Like I, I got to sixty five. Yeah, I still. Have I, is that like what? Is that a law no. of, just in California? That's how we, you you pay like an agreement. That was your agreement. Yeah. Cool. Oh my God. One question I had was, have you used the same divorce lawyer in every divorce or do you, did you like to switch it up and get somebody new every time? I did in my first three, uh, uh, Manly Freed. He was a good guy, uh, but uh-huh. then he retired. And so um, I went with, because uh, uh, it seemed like desperate, uh, uh, my attorney, uh, uh, Marty Singer, my mm-hmm. litigator, who it's the only person that's been at all four of my weddings. He's like, a, if you're getting trouble like a jam, that's the guy to call. He, he you know, he is like, nobody. He, I love that. So he's been to all of your weddings and then he ended up helping you in your last divorce. Uh, yeah, he's helped me throughout. And he, and he recommended uh, Laura Wasser, who's an amazing attorney. Oh my God. And, I follow her on Instagram. I'm obsessed. Oh yeah, she, she's so great. She's very nice. And you know, the thing is. I'm sure we, we can't afford her. Well, <laughs> The thing is, I think that she and her firm realized at a certain point, oh, the ex-wife is never going to settle. This is going to be running up legal fees forever. We got to get out of this thing. You got to get a cheap, we'll recommend a cheaper. They're like, we like you, Tom, but we don't want to spend the rest of our lives with you. I get that. I get that. So, you know, um, you know, now I have a a woman, Judy Bogan, who's just great, really great, solid. Marty introduced me to and. She's uh, represented uh, Kim uh, Ambassador back in the day with 
you know, when uh, she was divorcing uh, Alec Baldwin. And, you know, Alec Baldwin could, uh, oh, yeah. you know, with the kid, mm-hmm. uh, filthy pig, uh, sure. uh, folk home, you know, and uh, she's a really good person and a very smart lawyer. And, uh, you know, uh, she's been she's been very successful for me. Uh, yes. Well, it seems like it. Five judges. They've all been great. You know, you kind of move. But uh, they always, yeah. they, the last one said, she is, your ex and her lawyer are trying to send you to prison. You have to understand, like, they're making up stuff for, you know, it starts with 145. That's so crazy. It's like, you can't represent yourself anymore. Sasha and I would go down to the courthouse. She got this. She went to TJ Maxx or wherever the woman's story is. And she, uh-huh. she put a suit. And then she pretended she was it. It's hilarious. Oh my God. I mean, I the fact that you tried to represent yourself, I love it. You're like, I'm an actor. I can do this. Well, I did. The one judge said, okay, I'm going to get a public defender if you're uh, broke. And so I started working with this great public defender. And then it turned out I wasn't broke enough. You got to be like indigent. But I got so many tips uh. from them. Uh, um, you know how to handle this and they see it all you know first of all public defenders are saints you know because they get it right you know, oh. so i learned a lot and then uh and then the judge uh, uh, reiterated you can't do this i highly recommend it mr Earl. i'll give you another we'll come back again <laughs> right i'll give you another chance yeah so all in all it's oh been good God. it's been good yeah I never had to go to court, but I always fantasized about, you know, what I would wear if I did. And I always loved, you know, movies where the woman walks in in some fabulous outfit. But I know you're supposed to look, you know, very conservative, very. uh, I had to go to a a mediation, a a forensics child psychologist once. And so I definitely crafted like the perfect sort of, you know, just together, you know, muted look for that meeting just so that I could look as, you know, normal as possible. Well, you know, uh, um, a few times, the last few times I go in there, I'm trying to look good, trying to look, you know, and and she's not there. She's not on the video. Like it's, you know, I I drive all the way down to. Oh, on the security cameras? Yeah, she's on the, uh, well, they they saw the security camera stuff, but she's on the uh, Zoom. She's decided she's not going to, oh, right. even though she filed all this stuff, yeah, you know, passionately, she's not even there. I'm like, what is, you know, so, um, oh but, you know, you do and you hope one day things get better like yours and uh, yes. take it a day at a time. That's what I do with, I do with my sobriety, obviously, number one, but also with the yep. kids. Like, okay, we made, because you could start getting depressed about, oh my gosh, it's the rest of my life going to be with this this back of chaos mm-hmm. and it may very well be but you could yeah. set yourself up in a way to have less of that uh right and also and i feel like there's an opportunity for us to kind of give back with like this podcast where we can share our experiences yes. have guests on so that people you know because especially a lot of people that are thinking about divorce you know they don't know how to get started or where to go and you know we can just offer up a unique experience you know each week and we can you know give some people some resources i mean i know for me I didn't know, you know, what, how I was going to go about it. I mean, thank God for Megan Weaver. She was like, just use my lawyer, honey. You know, I mean, I didn't interview a bunch of people and, you know, and it's hard. And, and I don't know about for you, but, you know, especially since I was the first one, everyone's always 
asking me advice on how to proceed with their divorce and what to do. And it kind of got to a point where I was like, you know what? I can't talk about this anymore. Like if you want to Venmo me $250 to talk to me, you know, every couple of days to tell you how to, you know, go through your divorce, you know, fuck it. I'm just going to do it for free with Tom and do a podcast. Well, it's great because when I first met you, when we met in person at the lunch, I, you were honest about, and at the time it was not go, it was not a great, it's not where it is today. No. And you were honest about that. And I thought she's in a divorce for somebody that's in the public eye. Like, so, and she's honest about hers that I was honest about mine. I think a lot of people uh, don't have a place to be honest. Cause again, they don't, other people are like, you know, I don't want to talk about your divorce or I'm Switzerland. Even your own friends like, yeah. what, you know, and, and uh, what did you do? They just don't want to hear about it. And so you don't know who to ask to to move on because we all just want to move on from it. And that's why you've yeah. done so well. You know, you had this divorce party, which sounds crazy, but yet appropriate. And then you move on uh, because a lot of people, a lot of us have a hard time moving on. And uh, not from yeah. the, oh, the romantic thing, but just like, like right now, I don't feel good enough about myself to date. Like I will, I'll get there, you know, I, I yeah. assume. And if I don't, I don't, but I don't feel like, oh, this is this, this is what there's, there's women looking yeah. for this right now. I have to get my, my stuff together, my finances, my, you know, I got my physical stuff together, but, you know, I just want to be in a place yeah. where, you know, and if it doesn't ever happen, it doesn't matter. You know, it does not matter. I agree. I agree. I feel like if it does happen, that's icing on the cake of your great life with your kids. And, you know, same for me. And um, maybe we've both learned a lot from this experience. But, you know, for people who are going through it, this is a fun place where they can go and know that. You know, maybe they they hear or see their own story or hopefully hear worse stories than theirs and feel good about themselves. And, um, you know, and, and hopefully, you know, have a few laughs. We aren't worried about it. But yeah. And if our listeners, you know, if you like the show, please write us a review. Please subscribe wherever you can. And we have an Instagram called Divorce Party Podcast where you can DM us if you want our honest advice or opinions we're not professionals. We're not lawyers, but we'll tell you what we think. And if you have any great divorce party stories, we'd like to hear them. And we'll talk about them in the shows in the following weeks to come. But it's great. All right. Well, I mean, we're going to have this date once a week now. So uh, I look forward to it. We'll, we'll be fine. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.